Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guest by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Welcome to you. This is Marnie Swedberg and I am delighted to spend this afternoon with you talking about seven keys to your consulting success and we have a great guest with us today, David A. Fields. During the next hour, you are going to discover how to identify a hot market for your firm and become the obvious choice for your clients, a one-word answer for women who want to win clients, the master strategy for creating relationships, clients for life, and how to transform relationships into business opportunities plus right-side-up thinking and the surprising truth about self-confidence in business. Our guest today, David A. Fields, is a best-selling author and acclaimed speaker, consultant, and mentor. He's helped build lucrative, lifestyle-friendly consulting practices ranging from one-person startups to the consulting divisions of some of the world's largest companies. His website is davidafields.com, and I want to welcome you now, David. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Marnie. It's delightful to be here. And it sounds like we got a little feedback going on. If you have the if you have the show going in the background there, if you want to close that page out, that'd be awesome. So we are going to just go ahead and get going right into this. David, you are a great person to talk to us about consulting success because you've helped so many people to do this. And one of the first questions that uh, consultants have is, how is it that people will know that I'm the right consultant for them? Well, you know, that's actually a really interesting question um, because every client looks at this a little bit differently. And in my business actually started with helping clients figure out how to hire the right consultant. My original writing was all about that. Uh, But clients tend to look for a credible, trustworthy, reliable solution to their problem. And so, if you can present yourself as that, if, if you don't have to be something that's super whiz-bang different, you just need to be the credible, reliable, trustworthy solution, that's typically what a client is looking for. And so, um, and as I talk to you know, most clients and help clients, that is, that is where they're trying to go, and that's how you want to present yourself as a consultant. Mm. And so how does one identify a market that they should go into? I mean, is that like just super obvious or does that take people quite a lot of time to just figure out their market? It's super obvious in retrospect. <laughs> and it's super <laughs> obvious. <laughs> it's, um, it's surprisingly hard. And I'll tell you why. We get in our own way. People hmm. look at this, uh, they try to find a market by first asking themselves, what am I good at? What do I like to do? And um, unfortunately, that's the completely wrong question. The, the very first principle I, I teach consultants um, is right side up thinking, is this idea that consulting is not about you. Consulting's about them. 
the clients. And when you try to make it about you, it's a really difficult business. But if you make consulting about them, it's an easy business. So identifying a hot market, the, the hard part about it is, is, frankly, it's getting out of your own way. And then usually doing a little bit of research. So the, the research is just calling people you know or calling people that are in your target market. Uh, for you, maybe it's, it would be calling women. And you ask them uh, a, a really specific question. And um, we'll, we can even role play it. If that, is that okay? You okay being a guinea pig on this? Yeah, sure. Okay. So um, what's the name of someone you might call who would actually take your call and talk with you, who, who's kind of in your market? Uh, you mean, uh, I'm just are asking you asking you, me did, as a customer or as a consultant? No, I'm asking, you, I'm asking you right now as Marnie. Just give me the name so I can use a name rather than, than saying so-and-so. Sure. Okay. Let's say, let's say Pam. Pam. Okay. So Marnie, the question you want to ask, what you want to say is, um, Pam, uh, I got really just, just one question I'd like to ask you as I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to build my practice. And the, the question is this, what problems or problems over the past couple of years have been so important to solve? and so expensive to leave unsolved that you've actually hired someone to help you solve it. Mm-hmm. So that's the question. Pam, over the past couple of years, what have you actually paid people to help you solve? So that's a really different question than most people ask. Most people say, yeah. uh, Pam, what are you interested in? What might you pay for? Pam, are you interested in this thing I'm thinking about? Um, all those sorts of hypothetical questions. But that's not where a hot market is. A hot market is where people are already spending money. So go where the money is. Call the people you know, call Pam, call the other folks you know, and ask them, where have you spent money? And where they've spent money, there's cash. You know that there are people who are going to be willing to open up their wallets and hand some of their hard-earned cash to you to help them solve their problems. Does that make sense for the, as a step for, for identifying that hot market? It absolutely does. So you're just really, you're really exploring until you come upon the angle that matches your skill set then. Y- yes. This, your skill set is the least important part of the equation. What you're looking for are problems. Now, look, if you are um, uh, a chef, my training, and you're asking your friend Pam, and Pam says, well, my biggest problem is I'm dealing with, um, you know, real fears about thermonuclear war, right? It's kind of out of your, your scope. But you'll keep, the people you talk to are going to raise problems, and some of those problems will mesh with what you can do. But the more important piece is what are their problems? Because you can always learn new skill sets. What you can't do is create client problems or at least you're not supposed to, right? <laughs> They're supposed to already have the problems. <laughs> um, so your right. skill set's the least important piece. Hmm. Interesting. That is a fascinating way. And I love the question because it does narrow things down. It's, it's one thing for people to imagine what they might pay money for. It's a whole other thing to say, what have you already? A way big difference there. Oh, Absolutely. 
So you actually have a one-word answer for women who want to win clients. What is that? And that word is discovery. The, the, the way you become the obvious choice, the way you become the consultant or the professional service advisor or, or almost whatever business, is by understanding your prospect better than anybody else, including possibly themselves. And when you understand your prospect better than, than anyone else understands him or understands her, you're in a position to tailor an offer that is exactly what they need. You're in a position to address their concerns. You're in, addition, in a position to create the value they're looking for. And I think that women are actually, uh, you know, by and large, better position and they're, they're better able to do this because women overall tend to be a little bit better at listening than men. Mm. And so there's really, there's kind of a natural advantage built in because as a, as a man, I mean, I know I have to teach myself to shut up and listen and really attend and, and focus on the other person. And remember, consulting's not about me. Consulting's about them. And I, I think either by nature or by nurture, women have a lot of that built in already. They figured that out. And so you've got this advantage that you can go in and discover. You can go in and understand. What is it that makes this person tick? What is it they really need? What is it they're worried about? What will make them happy and delighted at the end? And when you know all of that, it's very easy to, to, to start winning clients. Huh. You're, uh, you're speaking to an audience that has a lot of uh, uh, public speakers in it. Uh, a lot of you guys listening are speakers. And boy, does this ever uh, uh, directly affect you as well. I mean, I think when I'm training for working with event planners, uh, the key is to put yourself in her shoes and to provide her with exactly what she needs. You know, I mean, we're talking about the same situation, just in a different venue here. Absolutely the, right. The discovery. The discovery process, and we, I know we only have an hour here and we have a lot to talk about today, David. The discovery process, what is the best resource for someone who wants to learn how to do that? Well, uh, I'm biased on this. I, I'm going to point you toward my book because I have, in my new book, I sure, have a couple of chapters absolutely. on discovery. <laughs> so uh, the, the um, new book, the, the Irresistible Consultant's Guide to Winning Clients. And I actually have two chapters where I lay it out and, and script it and show the whole conversation. Um, Beautiful. Because yeah. there, is a, there is a path that makes this easy. Um, and certain topics to, to talk about that will help you get underneath what you need to get underneath to win a client and to win business or to win that speaking engagement, for instance. Um, so yeah. that it, it's all sitting right there. It's all scripted out. It's called the Irresistible Consultant's Guide to? Winning Clients. Winning Clients? Okay, and that, my dear listeners, is by David A. Fields. We're going to take a quick break, come back, and talk about the master strategy for creating relationships as well as clients for life. We'll be right back. Women's ministry leaders across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. 
womensevents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome, welcome back. We are talking today with our guest, David A. Fields of davidafields.com. David, let's go right into how you have actually a master strategy for creating relationships. And I'm kind of curious about this because I, I think probably if you asked any person in the world that feels like they have good relationships, they'd say, here's the way to do it. So you've trained a lot of people how to do this, and I'm curious what you say. Well, uh, the, the master strategy, this is a good question. Uh, in some ways, this is a strategy to create new relationships. Um, though we, we could also talk about how you nurture relationships um, because they're, they're both really important. In, in terms of just plain old creating relationships, your strategy, the best strategy, of course, is to get introductions, is to get referrals, is to have your friend Pam introduce you to uh, the Santa down the road or, or whomever. And so the, the biggest challenge with that, I think, is most people don't know how to ask for introductions or they've been taught incorrectly or they've, you know, some guru has given them a way to ask for referrals and introductions that feels incredibly awkward. And, uh, and as a result, people don't ask for introductions. And so part of what I try to do is help people adopt a much more natural easy way to ask for introductions. And that's how you create relationships. But then again, after you've created relationships, you have to nurture the relationships. And the way you nurture relationships goes right back to what we were just talking about, is you listen. (laughs) Nurturing relationships actually isn't so hard. You just have to attend to the other person. Be sincerely interested, not be out there to, to sell. Again, I think that, you know, probably a lot of your listeners have some natural advantage there is that they are interested in other people and, and they are willing to listen. And that's the, that is, frankly, that is the number one way to nurture a relationship is just to um, listen, just to be sincerely interested in the other person. If you do that, that comes, clear, that comes through loud and clear. It does. I know. Uh, the most, Of course, the most enjoyable people to talk to are the ones that don't do a lot of talking. They do a lot of listening, and um, you can just tell that they really care about your heart, and that makes a huge difference. So let's talk about, um, you know, if we've been taught some kind of uh, awkward or unpleasant ways to get referrals, what are some good ideas? Sure. The, let, let, let's, let's start with, what are most people taught? So most people are taught something along the lines of this. They'll say, uh, they're, they're taught to say something like, uh, Marnie, uh, as you know, making new relationships, creating new relationships is, is the lifeblood of my, my business. Um, so who do you know that would be, uh, really value the type of work I do? Or who do you know that would benefit from the sort of work I do? Right. This, this is what you're taught to ask. And it's horrible. I mean, it's just 
awful. <laughs> it's it's awful to say. It's awful to hear. I mean, so it's so it's no wonder almost nobody asks. And when you do ask, I mean, the person on the other side is cringing and go and and says the only thing that that person could possibly say. Uh, I don't know. Let me think about it. Right. Because of course they don't know. I mean, look what you're doing. You're saying, who do you know that could use me? Well, first of all, that means you, the listener, have to know the other people well enough to know what their problems are and to know that their problems are so dire that they want to use, you know, you. Well, that's not going to happen. I mean, I could ask you about your 10 best friends and you probably have some idea of what the challenges are they're facing, but you don't really know who they need right now. And, you know, so it's an impossible question to to answer. Plus, I'm implicitly saying, hey, Marty, who do you know that you'll let me sell to? And of course, (laughs) your answer to that is, well, no one I know very well uh, or value because uh, why would I set up somebody with a, just a salesperson? So that's just, that, that's how most people are taught. And it's just awful. So. Well, uh, yeah. And, and I think, I think the add on, the add on to that is when you ask that question, then as me, I'm thinking, okay, so you're going to go to my friend and you're going to say, uh, Marnie said that you had a problem with blank. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the last thing I ever want somebody to say to my friend. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So exactly. So you're thinking, hmm, do I really want to put my relationships in jeopardy? Uh, no, thanks. So that, I mean, it, it's, it's pretty bad. And yet, I, I'll bet you've heard that. You've been taught that at, at some point. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, it's ah, brutal, terrible stuff. What's a better <laughs> way? Well, a better, a better way is, is to get out of that entire world of having to have someone you know, figure out, do your work for you, figure out whether they have a problem and decide whether or not it's worth having you sell. Here's what I would ask. I would say, Marnie, we, this, this radio show was great. Uh, I really enjoyed being part of it. I bet you interview a ton of interesting people. Who's the most interesting person that you interviewed in the past two months? And you don't need to tell me right now. Um, but that's what I would ask. And if you're not a radio interviewer, it doesn't matter. Let's say you are a, uh, it doesn't matter. Let's say you're the head of the box company that you're talking to or a junior manager in the box company. I'm going to ask the same question. I'm going to say, Marnie, it's, it's been really nice to meet you and chat with you over the past few months or the past few years. Uh, I will bet you've run into a bunch of people in the box industry that, are movers and shakers. Uh, who's one? Who's the most interesting person you've run into in the past couple of months? Hmm. And that's it. Right now, now all of a sudden my brain's in a whole different place. Yeah. There, so th- there's, a, there's the obvious part of this, and then there's the subtle part of it. The obvious part of this is I'm asking you a question that's much easier to answer. I'm not asking you who you know that needs me. I'm just asking you who you know that's really interesting. And, and you know someone interesting. I'm not saying I'm going to sell to them. I'm just saying I like to meet interesting people. Now, here's the, the not quite so obvious part of this. One, I happen to know through my experience that when you meet interesting people, when you meet movers and shakers, 
when you meet people who impress other people, those people are more likely to hire you. Those are the people who are doing things. Those are the people who are in action. Those are the people who are hiring independent professionals. So meeting interesting people works because those are the right people to meet. And here's the kicker. When I say, Marnie, who do you know that's really interesting, that really turned you on over the past couple of months? You're now thinking of somebody you really like. You're thinking of someone that you have a positive association with. And you're talking with me. And you're saying, you know who I really, really love? I, I love, um, you know, Jack Kennedy. All of those good feelings that you have towards that person are now transferring to me. And mm-hmm. so I, I call this whole technique the transfer of interest. You're interested in someone. That interest gets transferred over to me. And we've just got all sorts of positivity going. It's easy for me to then call your friend and say, you know, Marty thought you were just the cast me out. Fascinating person. How could I possibly resist meeting someone as fascinating as you? Love to hear a little bit about your background. Just, just learn how you got to where you are. And that's it. We've just started a new relationship. Hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. It leaves me in a completely different place, too. I don't feel like I've failed you or like I've set up my friend. Um, it's just a win-win feeling all around. Oh, it's, it's much easier. And, and it, the, here's, here's the thing is it works. And <laughs> as a result, it's a, it's a lot easier to, to adopt. Um, it takes maybe just a little teeny bit of practice. But when you try it, you find every single time people say, oh, well, here's somebody I know. This person I, I really liked. I found them fascinating. And you go, oh, wow. This when, you, yeah, when you do a call then to that person, um, do you come right in with your – with your consulting question, what problems or whatever, I mean, later in the conversation, of course, but no. what problems have you had? No, you don't even go there. No, don't go there. So that consult, that question is a research question when you're trying to identify a hot market that I wouldn't, I would use that in the very specific situation and a time when you're trying to decide where should I steer my firm? Where should I steer my business? Um, I, I, so there's a strategic question to ask. Once you, you've, you've, you've answered that question of where you want to steer your business, where you think the hot market is, um, you set that aside. I would set that question aside. Um, and then when you meet that person, no, it's, it's not about um, you and where you want to put your business at all. It's all about them. Their life, what's interesting to them. Sorry. Chatting, chatting to get to know an interesting person. You bet. You bet. If they have a problem that you can solve, it will come up. You don't need to force it. You don't need to push for it. You don't need to sell. They're going to say something like, oh, well, you know, this, I, here's been my past, and here's where I'm going. And one of the, I'll, I'll tell you, one of the things that we really wrestle with is how do we achieve greater success on radio? And then you need to use a technique I call the turn. Um, but so you, you're going to transition at some point to a business conversation, but they'll bring it up. You don't have to. And if they don't bring it up, no big deal. Keep the relationship alive. Maybe you talk to them in three months or six months or maybe even a year. And if they have that need, it's going to come up. You'll get a chance to work together. 
No one likes to be forced. And you cannot create a need. So, so it, trying to force it, uh, I just don't subscribe to that. Uh, I believe this biz- business is much easier when you deal with the needs that are there. Meet people where they are. There are enough people who need you that you don't have to force it. Does that, does that make sense? It does. It does. And you gave us a little teaser now, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you back. <laughs> you talked about a turn or a transition. So you go ahead and just give us a very, the short version of that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let me back up just a, just a, a step and, and put some context around this. There's this situation that people run into a lot, which is you've nurtured a relationship. You've done what we just talked about. You met somebody interesting. You've been talking with them. You're nurturing this relationship. And then you want to talk about business. Well, how do you do that? (laughs) It it feels wrong somehow. It, It feels awkward because you've got this social relationship or you've got this friendly relationship and you're afraid if you bring up business, you could ruin that relationship. And it turns out that feeling you have inside, that awkwardness, is a great signal. There's a really good reason for that. And it, there's been some, some studies done that show, and some great science done, that show that we operate in two different worlds. We operate in a social world that has social norms, and we operate in a business world that has business norms. And those worlds are great, but they don't do well when they collide. If you're in the social world and you start introducing business, they collide and people get uncomfortable and it ruins relationships. Once you realize that, the key is actually very easy. It's separation. And so I developed this this approach called the turn. And the turn is seven words. It's seven words. And those seven words are, are you open to a separate conversation? I'll put that, I'll wrap that up in a, in a little bit more language. But the key in there is one, separation. If we're in a social conversation, I'm going to separate it from the business conversation. Now, that separation may only be by a minute if you decide you want to talk right now, but you created that separation or it could be next week, or it could be next month. What's key is I've separated it. I've acknowledged we're in a social world right now. I'd like us to go to the business world. And then the second key is I'm asking, are you okay with that? I'm giving you control. I'm giving you agency. And when I do that, you're not so uncomfortable with me switching us from social to business. And I'm not so uncomfortable with it either. As a matter of fact, it ends up being pretty easy. Let me just wrap those Beautiful. seven words in a little bit more language. It might sound something like, uh, Marnie, th- this has been uh, really fun and talking with you over the last few weeks or a few months. Um, one of the things you brought up is actually center of the plate for what my firm does. And I was wondering, would you be open to a separate conversation at some point where we talk about that issue and how we might be able to work together to solve it. That's yeah, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's extraordinarily effective. I mean, it, it, it's, yeah. and it's, uh, it's like this, this breath of fresh air. It is such relief yeah. to know how to transition these, 
these relationships. I work with a consulting firm that focuses at the board level and the head of that firm has a Rolodex, like nobody's business. I mean, she knows everyone. She drops names. I mean, it's, it really, it is crazy. Most consultants <laughs> would, would give their children to have this Rolodex. But her challenge was she did not know how to transition those relationships. She was great at building the relationship. She was great at meeting people, but she couldn't transition them. When we gave her the turn and got her sort of practiced up on just, are you open to a separate conversation? It was like flipping a switch on on her business Uh, and the business transformed. And and I love to see that. So those seven words are really magic. I love it. I was just having a conversation with someone I know very well uh, yesterday, and he said, he said, I'm a totally different topic, and he just launched right in, which is what we can do with someone who we know very well. But in a business setting, it's just too abrupt, and it sounds too self-centered to just do it that way when it's about your business. And so this is just brilliant. Uh, <laughs> can't wait for the rest of this hour. You guys got to check out David's website also, davidafields.com. We are going to come right back and talk about how to get clients for life and how to further transform relationships into business opportunities. We'll be right back. Do you ever need a guest speaker? Or maybe you're a speaker who's available to go. Check out womenspeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world since 2002. Connecting thousands of planners with over 1,300 speakers, Speakers are available to you from every state, denomination, experience level, and fee range. You simply search when you have time, anytime, day or night, and connect directly with the speakers that interest you. No middlemen, no hidden fees. It's all simple, easy, enjoyable, and online. Check it out today at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. And welcome back. This is Marnie Flepper. We're talking today about seven keys to your consulting success with our special guest, David A. Fields, with the same name website, davidafields.com. David, let's talk about how to get clients for life because it's one thing to wow somebody, you know, into <laughs> signing up and get going. And it's a whole other thing to have them stick with you for years and years and years. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you, are you asking how do we keep clients for the long term rather than just sort of one and done? Right. Right. What is there? I mean, is there a trick to that? Is there, is there a strategy? Well, the strategy of course is to do great work. Um, the the (laughs) basics are, are, are there. It's, I, I think of consulting as a really simple business and I'm sure this applies beyond consulting too, but in terms of consulting, there's only three pieces. There's a, a spinning wheel with two parts. So one part is winning engagements, and then the other part is creating value. And those two feed each other. You win engagement, you create value. Creating value helps you win engagements, and then you win engagements, so you can create value, right? So that's the, that's the spinning cycle of consulting. Really simple. And then the third piece underneath it is some infrastructure, holding that up. So that cycle keeps spinning. Really simple business. What it does mean is if you want ongoing clients, you can't just win them. You actually have to create value. So the, you know, obviously one of the secrets to having long-term clients is to produce value. Now you might ask, well, 
of course we produce value, but, but somehow we're not continuing to get business. Why is that? Well, I'll go back to where we started, which was understanding, which was putting clients first and doing discovery and truly understanding their needs. The better you understand your clients, not just to win the project, but once you're inside, the better you can delight them, the better you can see additional opportunities to create value. And as long as you're honest about it, as long as you're forthright about it, as long as you're thinking of them first, not you first, again, it's not particularly complex. Now, I have, most of my clients are, are long-term clients. And I have folks that come to me and say, especially on the corporate side, they'll say, could you do this project or we need help with this? And I'll talk with them. I'll talk them through it. And then sometimes I'll say, you know what? You don't need a consultant. Just do this one yourself. Or don't do this at all. I mean, I love you guys. I would love to take the hundred grand from you, but this is not a great project. You shouldn't be doing this. And because I have their best interests at heart, and I'm thinking about them, and I understand them and what they need, that builds just enormous trust. And therefore, they keep coming back. Um, they come back year after year after year because they know if it's not a good project, I'm going to tell them so. And if it is a good project, I'm going to give them outstanding value. And of course, outstanding value, customer delight, all of that right side up way of thinking it is how you get clients that repeat, that come back, that ask for you again. Um, and maybe they go away for a year or maybe they go away for two years, but they remember you and then they come back again because they know you took the time to understand them. They know that they can trust you. They know that you will deliver on your promise to make them look good. And from there, it's, it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty easy. We have, um, as well as the stuff that I do online and the mentorship that I do in speaking and things like that, we have a restaurant and real, uh, real uh, I'm trying to think of the word, retail store. <laughs> and um, one of the things that we sometimes have to do is, is uh, fire a customer, <laughs> uh, a relationship that is not working for us, um, someone who is either, you know, stealing or, you know, whatever. Ooh, in the consulting business, in the consulting business, um, we want to have long-term relationships with people who are good fits for us. And do you have some thoughts on that? Well, sure. This is a lifestyle business. Uh, it's one of the, the beauties of being an independent consulting, whether you're running a boutique or you you're, uh, have a solo firm. Is this is lifestyle. You don't have to work with anyone you don't want to work with. There's, there is so much business out there. The advisory business, the advice business overall is like $800 billion just in the U.S., which is enough for you, Marnie, me, and at least like six other people. There's right, a lot yeah. of business there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, so if there's someone you want to work with, don't work with them. It's, there's, you don't, this, uh, if you have a scarcity mentality and you're afraid you'll never get more business, then you feel like you have to work with everyone. But there's tons of business out there, especially if you're identifying hot markets. And so, yeah, work with people you like to, to work with. What I would suggest is that overall, you take a look at your network, all those people that are sitting on LinkedIn, all those people that are on Facebook or Outlook or that big stack of cards that's drifting off the edge of your desk. 
take all those people and sort them and figure out who is it that you have a strong relationship with and want to continue building a relationship with? Who is it that, yeah, you got kind of a mediocre relationship with? Who is it, who is it that, gosh, you have their card and you can't actually remember who the heck they are? And I would sort into those three buckets. I, I would label them A, B, and C. A is a strong relationship. B is kind of a moderate relationship. And C is you maybe you've met or encountered somehow, but you don't have much of a relationship. And then I would sort those people one more time into their decision-making impact. So I would give decision-makers, people who can actually bring you in, people who can hire you, I would give those people a one. People who are influencers, either they, they can recommend you, maybe within their company, maybe to someone else. Uh, often uh, I deal with people who see attorneys as recommenders, not as decision makers. They have a lot of clients themselves. So those might be influencers. You give them a two, and then everyone else is kind of a, is a three. My brother, I have a good relationship with, fortunately, so he's an A. It so happens, it so happens that he joined a consulting firm recently. He's kind of an A2. He can't bring me in directly, but he has some influence. My sister, on the other hand, whom I love dearly, I also have an A relationship with. She is a yoga instructor. She is not going to get, be able to get me into any large corporations. Bless her heart. She is an A3. Take a look at this whole network. You've sorted it out. Take your A1s, your A2s, and your B1s. That is your network core. That is where you want to focus. And all those people you don't like, you probably don't have a great relationship with. And so they've been sorted out anyway. What's <laughs> left are those people who can buy from you that you've got a great relationship with. Those are A1s. Most people only have a handful of them in their network. Maybe you've got a dozen or a couple of dozen. They're a great source of business. You have also have some A2s, people like my brother, right? You've got a great relationship, maybe, not influ maybe influencers, but not decision makers. And then you say to them, Derek, he's my brother, Derek, could you introduce me to the person who actually makes decisions at your firm? And that way you get introduced to a one and you start creating that relationship. And you keep nurturing the relationship so that when your friend, your good relationship gets promoted, all of a sudden he's an A1 or she's an A1. And then your B1s, those are people with whom you've got kind of a, some relationship. They're decision makers, but you don't have a strong relationship yet. That's where you're going to nurture. That's where you're going to listen. That's where you're going to attend to them. Understand that. Show them you're trustworthy. Show them you care. And gradually build that from a B1 relationship to an A1 relationship. That A1's your core. A1's, B1's, A2's. I kind of ran through that quickly. That, that's also all sitting in templates oh. online and in the book. Yeah, that's beautiful, though, because you guys want to definitely go check out the book as well as David's site. We're going to take a quick break and come right back and talk about Right Side Up Thinking. We've been talking about it, but he's going to go a little deeper into it. And then also the surprising truth about self-confidence in business. Don't go anywhere. ready to experience your best life possible and share biblical success principles with others register for the 
SPI Coach Certification Program today. SPI or SPI stands for Success Principles Intensive. It's a six-hour online program that equips you to fully comprehend and train biblical success principles. You can check it out today over at Marnie.com. It's available as part of the mentorship program, or you can buy it as a standalone certification program. Learn more now at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Okay, this is Marnie. Welcome back to our last segment with our wonderful guest today, David A. Fields of davidafields.com, Seven Keys to Your Consulting Success. Before we dive into Right Side Up Thinking and the surprising truth about self-confidence, I do want to pause for just a moment. For those of you who are taking notes and are like, hey, where are the seven words on how to transform relationships into business opportunities? David already gave them to us earlier in the program. I want to repeat them for you again. They are, are you open to a separate conversation? If you're just joining us now, you have to go back and listen to understand how to make that really work. David, welcome back. And we are going to dive right into right side up thinking. I love that. Perfect. Right side up thinking is what it's all about. That That is the core, the 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 fundamentals. It's also very hard. You see, any normal, healthy human being, and, and to me, I define uh, healthy as anybody who likes dessert. So if you like dessert, in my book, <laughs> you're healthy. Anybody who, who, who's healthy, your mind space is primarily filled up with a very small group. As a matter of fact, that group has one person in it, <laughs> you. And uh, you think about yourself. That's normal. That's healthy. That's why everyone who's listening to this program is listening because they want to learn. If you're listening, you want to learn something beneficial to you. You're thinking about you. Perfect. Normal. Healthy. And then you got a little bit of room above that for your family. You'll think about them, perhaps, and your friends. And then maybe there's a little bit of room for other folks. And every four years or so, you think about the rest of the world. So that's kind of the normal <laughs> way, uh, right? That's a normal mindset, upside down for winning consulting business. Mm-hmm. Consulting, we have to remember, is not about you. Consulting is about them. So we have to take that, that kind of upside down triangle where you're mostly, mostly filled up by you, flip it over. And so your vision is filled by everyone else is filled by prospects is filled by the people you could connect to. And that's right side up. It's just putting customers first. It, it, intuitively you get it in practice. It's surprisingly difficult. And there are so many ways and so many places to apply this. You might be surprised. For instance, we started this conversation talking about how to identify a hot market. And where I went with that was saying, it's not about your skill set. It's about asking other people, where have they spent money in the past? That's a right side up question. I'm not asking, are you interested in my idea? I'm not asking, would you buy this if I said it this way? Would you be interested in this concept if I presented it in a certain way? That's making it about me. Right side up makes it about them. Tell me what you've needed in the past. That's just in coming up with the market. You come up with your IP for whatever it is you're doing. A lot of people start with their IP by thinking, what is it 
I know. What is it I want to say? Well, that's upside down. Right side up is what is it they need to hear? What is it they really need to know? What is it they need to learn? Nothing more, nothing less. That's right side up. In your marketing, not what do I like to do, where do my prospects like to get information? How do they like to hear it? Um, Literally, like three minutes before I came on the program with you, I got a call from a, a client, from a consultant. And he was saying, how do I get a hold of this person? I keep trying, I keep calling, I keep calling, I keep calling. And he never gets back to me. And I reminded him, I've been working for, for a little while. I reminded him, you forgot a step that's right side up. You forgot to ask him, how does he like to communicate? What's the right. best way to get in touch? <laughs> oh, yeah. And it turns out sometimes clients say, well, if you call me, I'll never answer. You have to text me. Or right. you, you have to shoot me an email. Or you have to call, or you have to call my cell phone, or you have to call my assistant. But you don't know that unless you ask. And so being right side up, it's everything. It's everything from your IP to determining what kind of firm you want to be to how you attract prospects to how you deliver to those prospects, which is not about the work you did. It's about the solution they need. It's about the story they want to hear and need to hear. All the way through that, through getting repeat business. Repeat business is not about you and what you can do. It's about them and what they need. So all of that is right side up. It is, for me, it's the most fundamental fundamental principle of consulting. If you can get this Mm -hmm. correct, you'll do fine in this business. It's beautiful. It is, um, like you say, it's remarkably hard to do it because we get in our own way, which is what you've been saying since the beginning of the hour. (laughs) You can just get out of your own way. You'll be just fine. Yeah. Uh, well, no, e- easy to say, about. tough to do. We all get uh-huh. in our own way, you know, in, including yours truly. And I practice this. I teach this because the normal mindset is me first. That's normal. So we have to constantly fight against that. Um, when we do it successfully, it's great, terrific rewards, but it's tough. I was working with a consultant just yesterday, and um, I I asked him a question and he said here's how he's going to tell me the answer and uh, it was his, his favorite way to communicate and I remember afterwards hanging up thinking hmm okay and then I tried uh, I tried a communication back and said well this is my preferred way to communicate and it's amazing how difficult it is for us to be on the paying end of a consultancy relationship and have them require us to do it their way uh, it's just uncomfortable. <laughs> right. You know, it, may, it, it makes you question the person's um, really professionalism. Like, really? You can't, like I was just saying, you know, could, could you, instead of these long conversations where I can't remember what we said, could you send it to me in writing somehow, you know, just copy it out of your manual or something and just send it to me so I have a document of it. Uh, so it, it's very important and and I know like even simple things, coordinating the worship team for our church for Sunday. Some people like a text, some people like an email, some people like a call, and some people like a Facebook message. You know, I mean, it's amazing. If you don't send it the way they asked for it, they don't see it. Simple as that. Yeah, and that's and that's just one little teeny slice, right? That's just communication. Exactly. Now multiply teeny, that by yeah. about a gazillion, 
and you've got all the little places where you can be more right side up inside your business and improve your business. Yeah, absolutely. And your listener, you are thinking that's just too much work. Well, life kind of is a lot of work. (laughs) So if you're not willing to work, it's probably not going to work out real well for you. But if you're willing to work, there are smart ways to work, and there are definitely uh, ways to make these things easier to keep track of and easier to communicate with people through. David, we are coming to the end of the hour, and I want to be sure to get to this last point, because you talk about now consulting, that there's a surprising truth about self-confidence. What's that? Uh, Okay, so here's the surprising truth. And if any of your listeners are psychologists or uh, clinical therapists, they they might call and say, Marty, how did you let this guy onto the air with you? Because because what the the sort of popular common wisdom is, if you want self-confidence, you should look inside to your core. You should look inside to that part of you that knows you're valuable. And if you are in touch with that, you can be confident. And my reaction to that is utter nonsense. That might be true as a general human principle, but in business, that's flat out upside down. Your self-confidence has nothing to do with you. In fact, it's your lack of self-confidence that comes from you looking inside. The more you pay attention to yourself, the more likely you are to find reasons to not be confident. Confidence isn't about you. Confidence isn't about looking inside. Confidence is about paying attention to your prospects, to your clients, to others, being right side up. Because if you know, let's say we went through that exercise that we talked about at the beginning, and you found out everybody has a certain problem. That's what they pay to solve. When you go to that market, you can be absolutely confident there's a problem. Why? Because everybody's told you. Hmm. When you talk to your past clients and you ask them a pretty simple question, you say, did I provide any value for you? And they say, well, yeah, you provided a ton of value for me. That's what you need to know to be confident. It's not, frankly, it doesn't matter whether you think you did a good job because the arbiter of value in business is not you. It's them, right? It's the paying client. They get to decide. They get to tell you whether you were valuable or not. And chances are you created value. Now, you may not have even done it every time, but that's okay. As long as for some clients, for some customers, you created value, you can be confident you've got the goods, and so it's, that, that's why it's surprising to people because they're so trained. They're so used to being told, look inside yourself, going to self-help classes or hearing from their, their therapists, their clergy, their parents, their spouses, maybe their children. Look inside yourself. Get in touch with your core. Terrific. Nothing to do with being self-confident in business. Self Being self-confident in business is all about right side up thinking. It's all about looking outward, not inward. You look outward, you pay attention to others. That's where confidence comes from. Knowing you're attending to them, knowing they say you're of value. Does that make sense, Marty? 
You know, it really does, and I, I like how you distinguish that too. Because um, okay, so what? I'm going to just jump over to the uh, God side of things here for just a minute. We'll come right back. But um, just recently, I've been really embracing the phrase uh, from the Bible that uh, the Apostle Paul found himself very weak at a certain time and asked God, you know, please make me stronger. And God said, No, because in your weakness. God is made strong. So I've been really embracing this. And just earlier today, the whole website, uh, womenspeakers.com, we're right in the middle of Invite a Speaker Week. It's huge push. It has so much traffic of the site that the whole map crashed and everything was gone for a couple hours. <laughs> and I got so excited. I got so excited because it's like that's, that's amazing feedback. Feedback so great that it crashes the system. You know, I mean, that's like wow, more than we ever anticipated. Good to know for future, future promotions, all that. But the reality is that I got external feedback directly from the people who were wanting to use the service. That yeah, we do want it more than even you were ready for. That's awesome, and that is different from having God tell me that I'm valuable or having my mom tell me that I'm valuable, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're looking at different arenas of our life here. And in the business sphere, I think you're right that, that to look deep inside and say, you know, am I a winner? Am I a winner? Am I a winner? Is not going to be nearly as helpful as to look outside and ask, you know, what are people needing? And are they actually coming for what I'm putting out there? That's absolutely right. And, and thank you for distinguishing between your worth as a person and right. your value in, in, in business. My son, when he in was little, which sphere, was, right. yeah. Yeah. When my son was little, it was quite some time ago. Uh, he, he's the ultimate type B personality. And he'd be out there in the soccer field with all the other little kids, but he'd be looking around, picking flowers, chasing butterflies, and kids would just whiz <laughs> by him with the ball, right? He's paying no attention. <laughs> and he would skip off the field and say, Dad, I was great. <laughs> um, right. You know, and I'm thinking, sweetheart, I love you, and you were great. <laughs> but he's never going to be a professional soccer player, right? So, as a human, <laughs> as a human, he has tremendous value. Mm-hmm. I love him to death, and he was great out there on the field with lots of spirit. As a soccer player, he should not have a lot of self confidence <laughs> because he wasn't much of a soccer player. <laughs> So in in the arena of business, as opposed (laughs) to the personal arena, we're not the arbiters of our value. Our clients are. And so self-confidence, not self-worth, but self-confidence needs to come from looking Mm -hmm. out. Wow. I love that. David, we are almost out of time here, and I want to give you time. If people go over to your website, which, once again, you guys, is davidafields.com, what are they going to find over there? Well, what they're going to find is two quick choices. They're going to be asked, are you an executive looking for a consultant or are you a consultant? And for your listeners, just click on the consultant button and that will take you to a panoply of of valuable, exciting, fun tools, useful tools. I would just sign up. Easy as that. Look at the blog. Uh, I try to be very generous with the, the IP. There's tons to learn there for you know, anyone who wants to, to look around, there's, I think, immediately when you get there, there's a, a download of the perfect proposal template. Download that. Grab the book. Just click on I'm a consultant. From there on, it's, it's all really easy. Oh, fantastic. And the book, again, is called The Irresistible Consultant's Guide to Winning. I, I keep writing down more portions of this as we go, but... <laughs> It's a long title, David. What were you thinking? It is. It is. It's right side up. I didn't like the title, but it won in research. 
Just if you just think guide to winning clients and you type in an mm-hmm. Amazon guide to winning clients, you'll get there. Really interesting. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, that's kind of, I had a, a best-selling Amazon book a couple of years ago and it's called eBooks idea to Amazon in 14 days. And that was the same way. It's like, really, you're going to name a book ebook. And when you just search for ebook, it doesn't come up because everything that's an ebook in the whole world does. <laughs> but, but when you when you get a little deeper into exactly the content of the book, how to how to publish it on Amazon quick, it comes up. So yeah, great. You got to do your research, you guys. Uh, David, do you have a final parting thought for us today? Oh, my final parting thought would be enjoy it. If you're in the consulting business, this mm-hmm. is a great business. So um, enjoy it. There's a lot of ways to have a good lifestyle, to make a lot of money. Stay right side up. Think clients first. Uh, and it, it's a pretty straightforward business. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you. I, I really enjoyed Okay, and we uh, appreciate you guys being here today. Also, can't have a show without listeners. Always love it when you come and join us. And I want to make sure that you know about Invite a Speaker Week over at womenspeakers.com. You are a speaker. Uh, We invite you to join us. Go ahead and post your profile over there at womenspeakers.com. If you are an event planner, this is a wonderful time of year to be planning for your fall and 2017 winter as well as 2018 events. Start looking for your speakers now, and it's no more fun or easy way to find them than over at womenspeakers.com, so I hope you will check that out. And we will be right back here again with you next week. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.